Good morning, my friends, and welcome to today's Get Clarity Training. Today we're going to be talking about the... Oh, more things the thing is doing. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about the eight fantasies of codependency, how they relate to our journey beyond it, because, well, we don't understand our fantasies, at least the eight common ones, the eight dominant ones. We're going to get trapped in them at some point, again, in our world. So if you're new to me, I'm Marshall Bircher, and I help codependents rediscover their well-being and happiness after narcissistic abuse and codependency. I help them accomplish that by healing the trauma bond, which is the root of the codependency, and then helping them come to know, love, and live who they are, and then help them create happy relationships. So before we get started in that, I need to share this out to the community real quick. The Thriving Beyond Codependency community is your safe haven here on the internet so that you can explore codependency and your life beyond it, get tools, support, and guidance so that you can thrive and, and succeed in breaking free of codependency and living beyond it um, easily. Uh, easily, I can put a little star on that. It's simply probably is probably a better word there. <laughs> but yeah, so the link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. So I'm gonna get this shared out now to the community. And there it is. And voila, and it is done. All right. So my friends, let me know you're here in the comments. Let me know how you are and what you've been gaining out of the Get Clarity course because I am curious about how this is working for you. Okay, so the eight fantasies of codependency. I took some notes. Those notes are actually in the description above on Facebook and below on YouTube so you can get those eight fantasies there. And, but I took some notes here so that you and I, we make this work. All right. So the eight, well, first of all, why do we have fantasy? Why does this, why is this present in our world? Well, fantasy and codependency, well, codependency depends on fantasy. Codependency doesn't necessarily exist without these fantasies. So what the fantasy does is it helps us cope with reality. It helps us enter a little space of denial so that we can deal with the pain and while trying to keep the attachment and connection we have with the other person. The function of fantasy is ultimately to try to get as much of your needs for safety and well-being and attention and love and connection and play met in a toxic situation. That's the goal of it, to cope. Fantasy is dangerous because of that because it teaches you to normalize abuse, it teaches you to normalize the relationship dynamic and that harms you because then you think, well, I can tolerate this. This is better than nothing, so I'll stick around, that kind of thing. And that develops what I call undue tolerance where we become very tolerant about what's going on, especially the abuse and the neglect. That is happening. All right. That's a function of of fantasy and this happens in eight different fantasies this is fantasy blossoms into these eight different let's say flowers or plants that keep us a little bit in the seduction now fantasy is driven by the seduction phase of the seduction abuse discard cycle 
It's driven by the intermittent reinforcement components in the sad cycle. It's driven by the euphoria that we feel, and it's shaped by the unmet needs and the attachment needs we have, our sense of identity, our sense of, of connection, our sense of belonging and value, all influence how these fantasies show up in our particular individual experience of codependency. So here we go with these eight dominant fantasies. And I've got one that says seven, because originally it was seven, then I realized, hey, there's another one. So the first one is what I call the idealization fantasy. Let's get my special words out there today. So this is where you make the person into a perfect ideal specimen. You magnify all the positive things that they do. You even might add positive traits to the person that they're not actually doing. And then you minimize the negative or completely deny the negative elements that this person brings into your world. This is, this is where we put them on a pedestal. Like they're the best thing I've ever met. It's, it's like, I'm so lucky to have this particular person in my world because they are so just amazing to me. And we're just actively ignoring how they harm us, how they neglect us, how they ignore us, things like that. Hey, Deborah. So, how are you? Nice to see you. So that's the idealization fantasy. We're really just making them into what they aren't. And this really builds on the next fantasy, which is called the fantasy of potential. This is where we believe that we know their real potential. We know what they could really be because we've seen it. I mean, we're emphatic. We really believe this. And what's really going on here is that we've taken the seduction experience and the euphoria experience, kind of blended it together, and then added what we hope will be to it, and then we've made that a fact. This is the, one of the most dangerous and potent fantasies in codependency because we sincerely believe that we're right. And we have to come into... I have to come into sobriety and reality where we start to deal with what is real. And this tends to cause what's called cognitive dissonance because you believe the world is one way, reality is demonstrating it's a different way, and then this creates a massive conflict around what is true or real in your brain. So coming out of codependency, you're going to go through cognitive dissonance because now you have to reconcile reality with your fantasy and that doesn't work. Another, what really happens is your fantasy collapses and now you'll have to start dealing with a, a vacuum that's created in that collapse of identity, understanding what is real, getting in touch with actual reality, and then dealing with the enormous amount of emotions and feelings that come with that. So if you're going through that, go gently with yourself. This is not an easy process, but it's worth it because once you get to sobriety, everything starts making sense. Because in fantasy land, much like in a dream, things kind of are cool, but something's off. This doesn't make as much sense as it should. That's what's going on there. All right, so fantasy of potential. My friends, you don't know their potential. You don't even know your own potential. See, that's, that's the thing here. When we give up thinking we know who someone could be or should be or will be if they were just blah, 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 we get into the real sobriety world of accepting people as they are and we stop projecting ourselves onto them. That's another thing we tend to do with idealization of potential fantasies is we project our, our attributes onto the person. 
rather than recognizing the attributes the person actually has. So be mindful of that. We're not here to make people into something they're not. We're here to discover who they are and how they work with our world and then determine if that's what we want or not. And the third fantasy, let me know, guys, if you're... Uh, if these are fantasies you resonate with, you're like, I'm doing that. That's why I was a biggie for me. The fantasy of fixing or healing the other person. This is the one where I thought, my love, if they would just let my love in, they would be healed. Their trauma would go away. Then they would become the person I think I know them to be because, you know, the idealization of potential fantasies get activated there. So it's where we really think that we have the ability to heal the other person with our love, that we can fix them and their pain. Now, this fantasy has some really powerful components to it that are extremely convincing because in our journey in codependency, our fawning and our attempts to regulate the other person's emotions and pain and care for them have succeeded sometimes. And that's convinced us that we might actually have the ability to heal other people. The thing what we're ignoring here is that that change we witness in the other person is never permanent and it's usually quite shallow and fleeting and then we have to go through it again. We don't understand that healing is actually a, trans a transition into a different state of being over time. We never witness that. We're just hoping that one day it'll be enough. That's a potent one. We don't heal anybody. We don't fix anybody. Period. I didn't, I, some people call me a healer. I <laughs> don't heal you. That's not what I do. I give you practices and I give you knowledge that allow you to discover who you are beyond where you're at and allow you and help you to acknowledge, legitimize, and integrate your experience so that your nervous system, your body can return to a state of rest and peace. That's, I'm not doing that. You're doing that. So, no, we don't heal or fix anyone. Fantasy number four. Hey, Kaya, it's so much easier to believe in their potential than mine. Oh, yeah, easy. Yeah, because then that's something we don't have any uh, responsibility to. We don't have to own it. We don't deal with the consequence. We, we, it's easier for everybody else to be that way. But when we own our own potential and we start to get into our own action, then we get into the risk of it all not that, that's really what's going on there yeah if i could just love them enough they would let me in and i could heal them yep yeah and it doesn't work yeah it's a heartbreaking one to really get in contact with this is why i often say that healing from codependency is more about grieving what wasn't and what we hoped would be so that's it's kind of the challenge the journey there fourth fantasy the fantasy that you know their true self so it's very similar to potential, but it's different in that we're claiming we know who they really are. <laughs> and this is completely based on the euphoria and seduction component of the SAD cycle and the EDD cycle. We don't know who they are. It's very arrogant to assume we know who someone actually is. Especially if they're behaving in ways that are counter to the thing we claim them to be. See... When we get into a sober experience with a person, we can come to know who they are right now. We can come to understand, oh, this person, based on their patterns of behavior and how they show up, tends to be this kind of person. But 
in this fantasy of knowing who they their true self is we are assuming an enormous amount of information and insight into a person that defies our experience of them i think and contradicts reality this is back into a special kind of uh, form of the potential fantasy and it i know who they really are and they just need to heal and that allow them to be that person so it's kind of a mix of other fantasies and it's a dangerous one because then it convinces us that we know who other people are too rather than allowing us to discover who these people are and get to know them on their terms we're projecting onto them who we who we believe them to be and got this another eye thing here my goodness and um eyelashes in the eye not fun and what this does is it we start treating people according to the fantasy we have about them and we don't get to know them and a lot of times in dating this shows up as i'm in love with the idea of who you are not who you are it sets us up to try to manipulate and control people. It sets us up for a very heartbreaking experience when that person isn't who we thought they were. In fact, maybe they do something that's quite normal and healthy in the world and we take it as a deep hurt or a deep offense and attack them for it. I have been guilty of doing that in way back in the past. Or, oh, this is who this person is. And then they do something like, that's not who you, this is not how it's supposed to be. That's not who you are. I was supposed to be this way. And they're like, you're crazy. What's going on there, dude? We have to be really careful about this. We need to discover who people are and who they choose to be. We have no business defining who someone else can be or who they, what their true self is. This also feeds into the twin flame concept of oh we're twin flames we're supposed to have this thing and go and run with it uh no no twin flames typically it's a after description for trauma bonding in my book so be mindful of that fantasy number five is the fantasy of normality <laughs> it's like well this is what happens in relationships this is the hard work of making a relationship work getting yelled at, gaslighting, being called names, being attacked, being abused, being neglected. This is what hard work is in the relationship. This is the work that we've got to work out in it. This is what we've got to take care of here. That is a huge fantasy. We're normalizing the abuse and we're thinking that this is how life is. It isn't that way. The real work in a healthy relationship is about polishing the rough edges of, it, of where we're incompatible, building bridges of understanding, and nurturing our, our co-regulated needs and wants and desires. It's about cooperation and about getting more and more sincere and vulnerable and open with what we want and how we want it, what we need and how we need it, allowing ourselves to be received, seen, and loved by another. It's the very opposite than from it's very opposite to dealing with the drama and the seduction abuse and discard cycles and the euphoria distress and despair things those are indicative of toxic situations so beware of the fantasy of normality and also beware that i apparently am going through second puberty with my voice this morning because it's cracking <laughs> so the fantasy of changing others if you change is the next fantasy so 
I bought into this deep, deeply. I figured that if I could be a better person, I could be more perfect, I could be more kind, more loving, more available, not some have so many needs, not so many wants, didn't rock the boat, that they would love me, that they would change, that they would heal, that they would get better. So if I changed me, they would change. That never happened. Instead, it just continued to get worse. Because one, I'm creating more pain in myself, I'm harming myself, and two, they're getting away with more and more and more and more and more. So be mindful of that. And then fantasy number seven, the fantasy that they make you whole, that they complete you. This is the Jerry Maguire fantasy. Ah, you complete me. No one completes you because you're already whole. See, that's, that's the thing here. No one, we're not two halves looking for the other halves and mashed together. It doesn't work that way. We're two wholes looking for, or two whole beings rather, looking for other two, for other beings. Well, okay, I got to restate this. I'm a whole being and the people I have a relationship with are whole beings. And now we're getting to understand our wholeness together. That's what a relationship's about. We get to experience life together from our whole, our individual wholenesses, our, our completenesses, to make up words. When we come from this experience of wholeness in a relationship, there's no more of this competition. There's no, no more of a threat to us. There's more of this, I get to bonding and discover who you are and discover who I am in it. And we grow. That's what the magic is there. It's quite calm. It's nurturing. It's loving. It's fun. It's playful. It's kind. It's relaxing. It's so, so relaxing. Not to be in a high conflict relationship. See, the wholeness thing is discovered as we exit codependency. We discover our innate value, our true voice, our intrinsic vision for who we are and for what we desire in the world. Wholeness means all things, too. So it's not about being enough, because enoughness is, is false. It's a false idea. We're whole, and that includes our struggles. That includes our sense of emptiness and loneliness that shows up. It includes our sense of fulfillment. It's, it includes our joys and includes our, our, our aspirations and our desires and our fears and our terrors. That's what it is to be whole, is to have all of it. And then to know another person is to understand their wholeness, to be a witness to it, rather than try to shape, control, or define it for them. And that brings us to fantasy number eight, the fantasy of control. One, you have control of others. You think you control other people. You think you can make them do certain things and be certain ways. This fantasy is extremely toxic because it leads us to harming other people with our power turns into coercion rather than influence. And it's really, really profound because this is where we get into enabling behavior, controlling behavior. This is where we become critical and criticizing of others. It's where we think we know best for them, things like that. It's very dangerous. We actually have no control over other people's feelings, desires, choices, and actions. Where our job is to respect that autonomy and to respect that people choose what they will be and do and have in their world. And we have to make choices as to what we will be, do, and have in our world. And then see who lines up with those things and go 
and create relationships with those people. This, these are the eight dominant fantasies of codependency. Let's keep an eye out for them as you heal. Now, the way we exit these fantasies is by getting in contact with reality. And this is what I call sane-making sobriety. And that means we have to acknowledge that people are what they are right now. That's it. We don't live in the, oh, they'll probably change world. No, that's a fantasy of potential. We accept them as they are now. This allows us to make honest decisions about how they or where they belong in our world, if they belong in our world, and that we can keep ourselves safe and keep ourselves available to what's healthy for us. It also allows us to understand what we need and how we need it so we don't change ourselves. Instead, we come to respect and value ourselves in a way that allows us to have symbiotic, reciprocal, kind, loving relationships with other human beings. Grace says, so we in our inner wound, fantasy identity project that we can see clearly and heal others, fantasy projection, fantasy affection. Yep, exactly. We don't do these things. We have no capability here. And it's none of our business if someone heals or doesn't heal. And it's none of our business as to who someone is or isn't. Our business is to understand who they are and how they align up with our world so that we can make honest decisions about how they line up in our world and where they belong and where they don't so that we can have happy, healthy, safe relationships. Now, reality making is difficult because we've got to shatter the fantasy. We've got to journey in through grief. We've got to journey in through shame. We've got to get really in contact with our unmet attachment, our unmet needs, our incomplete identity. This is the real work of healing that sets us free from needing to be codependent. It's what allows us to come into our self-advocacy, our self-sovereignty, back into our power, and to create secure bonds with others where we don't lose ourselves in the relationship, and we're not smothered and absorbed in it, and where instead we're two whole beings that allow each other to be seen and valued for who we are. And that's where we can create real companionship intimacy, support, and play in our world. So that's how we do it. If you're looking for guidance, you want specific training and guidance through that, the Heal Yourself Strategy is how I help you accomplish that. You can learn more about that. Links above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And again, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Thank you guys for showing up for today's training. To, uh, we're going to be leaning into and, dis and exploring attachment and identity and power over the next several weeks so stay tuned for that remember that you're worth knowing loving and keeping and i will see you guys in our next video have a great day be safe out there